Hello, guys. Welcome to the NTT20 betting show sponsored by Black Type Bet. Now, Black Type, as many of you will know, as many of you have made the most of, are offering listeners to the podcast a free £10 football bet when you sign up to a Black Type account with the offer code. NTT20 and unlike many of these offers you don't actually need to deposit any money into that account in order to receive the £10 free bet so head to blacktype.bet when you've thought about your picks for the weekend use the offer code crucially when you're signing up you need to use the offer code not after you've signed up when you sign up use the code NTT20 look for that uh, box put NTT20 in it and you will receive a £10 free football bet, a free hit for your weekend picks. Let us know if you've had any success with that code. I know many of you have been signing up. Yeah, tell us about your best winners so far using that code. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you for those of you who got involved with our new game, uh, which we ran on Twitter last week. That is Scoreboard, picking a game that will be nil-nil and a game that will have over 4.5 goals in the EFL. We had four winners in our first week in the trial run. Uh, I said that would never happen again. Well, we got close this week. Two winners. Congratulations to Corey and Brian. Really impressive. There are only three nil-nils across the whole of the EFL. So really, really impressive stuff to land those uh, bets. So well done, guys. Great picks. Um, And uh, there is a £20 free bet up for grabs for any winners. It is, of course, for entrants who are 18 and over. Now, George is going to run us through last week. Uh, Topsy-turvy stuff, George. Plenty of late goals affecting our (laughs) selections. And I'm going to call you Longshot Elick, the first long shot that you've landed. Congratulations. Thanks, mate. Um, Yeah, it saved me a bit. Uh, Pompey and over three and a half was a winner. Um, They were winning 3-1. Didn't have a great time with the rest of it. I'm not going to talk too much about um, about Oxford, but it's fair to say that I will not be napping us again in the near future. Um, Derby was a loser as well Forest Green got beat uh, and obviously the match in focus I was done by a late goal uh, with Charlton getting an equaliser after I tipped up Luton um, and I was up one point for, so a profitable week nonetheless uh, up Come one on. point for the uh, for the week um, you had Pompey as a winner and Luton Charlton BTTS in the match in focus though struggled elsewhere it's fair to say you're nodding your head in agreement there um, I've been so, saying all sorts of negative things about Daniel Ayala Borough 1-0 up against Hull Ayala booting someone in the back of the leg just inside the penalty box um, but but you know them's the breaks what I would say about your uh, Oxford bet one final word we, we had a couple of our Sunday scouting reports uh, one of them from a Wimbledon fan said uh, we left the stadium feeling like we'd lost that game given how bad the performance was so I mean from from a Wimbledon side of things you said they were terrible you said they were poor at home and, and it sounds like they were it sounded like no one deserved to win so that game maybe if yeah the 5-2 to two, um, was you know if you played that game 100 times maybe the probabilities would have been on my side but this time it wasn't to be but we're always here to looking for value Ali you are uh, still ahead of me minus 2.72 for the season I am trending in the right direction now minus 7.37 so fingers crossed for this weekend we can get a couple of winners I mean, more than a couple, a few. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Well, we've got a really exciting match in focus. Uh, You guys voted on this on Twitter, at NTT20pod, and it's Peterborough versus Barnsley, which won in a landslide. Uh, George, I'm going to let you set this one up. I'm really, really excited about it. This is... uh, uh, a game between two teams at the top of League One who, uh, who have plenty to have plenty to shout about, really. Yeah, and it's two teams that I've got a vested interest in because I've, I'm against Peter Brantepost and I'm with Barnsley. So this is one um, that's yeah I've, I've, I'm going to be looking at closely. Um, Barnsley, to, you know, if you look at the league table alone 
and you look at the odds given that Barnsley are the away team, you might be surprised to learn that they're the six to five uh, favourites. Peterborough twenty one to ten, and the draw thirteen to five. Um, Barnsley, uh, you know, the performance data still has them very, very. Um, good indeed and similarly whilst it's not as bad as it was early on posh still seems to be overperforming compared to their shot data so that explains why barnsley are favorites um, i have a feeling that a lot of people out there will be backing uh, peterborough here they're probably the same people that were backing reading a couple of years ago every week when they uh, got to the playoff final rich people <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um if they haven't done their money uh, since then but um but it's an interesting one because barnsley you know, they were very good going forward early on in the season, but what really caught the eye was the fact that they just were not conceding shots, let alone goals. Um, but that seems to have changed somewhat. If you're looking back at the last few games, they, they've only kept one clean sheet in all competitions uh, since the 21st of August, conceding goals to the likes of Gillingham, to Walsall, uh, to Fleetwood and to Plymouth. They're not conceding many still, mm. it's fair to say. It's not like they're suddenly porous at the back and they've still only lost two games this season, only one in the league, uh, the away defeat at Coventry, which you know they had chances to go ahead in that game. And and conceded late on um, with an individual error. So Barnsley still looking very, very good indeed. Peterborough, on the other hand, um, it, it's the same old, same old. Um, the only difference being that those wins are now kind of turning into high-scoring uh, draws um, and one defeat as well. So we, we kind of spoke that we didn't think that Peterborough were going to maintain that level of form. Tool draws. I mean, the tool draw at home to Blackpool was really probably the awakening. Um, a lot of their fans, I think, saw that performance coming, even if the manager and the owner didn't. Um, and a tool away draw at Sunderland is obviously a decent effort. I think they'd have taken a point before them. But again, it's 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 a similar story where Peterborough don't seem to have a problem turning limited chances into goals, but they still uh, seem to be able. To, they seem to concede good chances to basically anyone who they play against. Yeah, let me tell you about that before we we go for our picks. Uh, Peterborough's conversion rate, so goals per shot, 22% uh, conversion rate, the highest in the league by, well, 5%. Um, That would be historically high if they continued it all season. Um, They're scoring almost half of their shots on target, 47.5%. So it'll be interesting to see how they come up against the best defence in the league. As you've said, Barnsley have have taken the most shots on target, but they've also faced by far the fewest shots on target. Um, But you're right that there have been some slight concerns recently, uh, taking their foot off the gas somewhat in midweek against Plymouth in a disappointing performance uh, and and not putting teams away uh, in the the same manner that they did at the start of the season. Uh, The sale of Tom Bradshaw saw their firepower reduce slightly. They're still sticking with a a 4-4-2, more or less, but it feels like Kiefer Moore and... Adeboyejo or Kiefer Moore and, and Jacob Brown, it doesn't have quite the same um, strength, I think, as that Moore and, and Bradshaw partnership. But they still they still pour forward with numbers. Great to watch going forward. Um, interestingly, Liam Lindsay's sat out the last few games. Uh, he's gone with Ethan Pinnock and Adam Jackson starting at centre back. So an embarrassment of riches back there. Three excellent centre backs and, and Peterborough, uh, as you say, they're 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 not keeping the opposition out. They've conceded two goals in each of their last five league games. So it's remarkable that they've managed to maintain um, some results from those games, really, because surely that's not a, uh, something that, that, that can happen for much longer, conceding two goals every single game. Um, generally, they play in a 4-4-2 uh, with, with Godden and Cummings or, or Ivan Tony up front. But they, they switched it up a little bit at Sunderland in midweek, um, packing the midfield a bit more, three centre mids, and then Dembele in a free role behind the strikers. So it'd be interesting to see what they do here, obviously, against another uh, very good team in Barnsley. Um, and, and Marcus Madison, I think, is worth a mention. He 
didn't start the season uh, in in Posh's first team um, with plenty of rumour about a possible move to the championship. Um, I'm almost starting, well, I am starting to change my mind on him, really, because I thought that he was really a, a pure luxury player who's, who's, whose numbers were boosted by what he did from set pieces um, and that, uh, you know, a player when under pressure might not, might not play quite as well as, as some think and that's why maybe championship teams didn't want to spend all that money on him. But his performances in the last few weeks and then the other thing was, is his attitude good enough? It's, it's always been a, a question mark. He's been transfer listed about four times by the club, I think, when he's obviously... You know, throwing his toys out of the pram and, and wanted to leave. Yeah, and yet, like a like a like that like that lover that you always keep going back to. Um, they couldn't stay away from him. He, he, Have you got many of those? <laughs> I've had <laughs> I've had some. I've had some. Um, no, <laughs> he's um, he's he's back in the fold. He played fantastically at the Stadium of Light. Absolutely lit it up. Obviously, formerly of Gateshead, um, he would have enjoyed playing against Sunderland. Two essentially was the driving force between Posh's two goals, um, and he looks really, really. He just looks on it really quick that left foot in, in, in full force and I think he's the type of guy that can be a difference maker here um, probably off the bench uh, albeit so uh, what's, your, what's your pick here George I'm sort of flitting between the two Posh conceding lots of goals but I look at the way that Josh Madger and Sinclair were able to receive the ball in their box and turn and, and shoot and that's just I feel like I feel like Barnsley have got a chance here but at the same time I've got concerns about Barnsley's recent performances so I'm personally going for a draw here 13 to 5, which is 3.6 in decimals. What are you going for in the, in the matching focus? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you, you have to think Barnsley have more than a chance given that they're you know, just a, a shade of odds against. Um, but I think that any value in backing them there uh, has well and truly gone. Um, I, I'm going for a goals-focused bet here. If you're looking at Barnsley's last couple of games uh, against Plymouth, uh, they scored early and they conceded before half-time. If you're looking at the Fleetwood game as well, um, they, they conceded and scored early, early on. I think that the focus here from from Peter is undoubtedly going to be uh, on the front foot. They, they're going to try and get out Barnsley. I think Barnsley will have no issue scoring whatsoever against uh, against Posh. So I'm going to kind of, kind of cover my back here and and look at just early goals in effect. I think the the, the onus is going to be on scoring. So I'm going for over uh, one and a half first half goals mm-hmm. at six to four. So I mean I could easily easily see Barnsley um, going and dominating this game. I, I could see Posh proving an issue, but I think either way it's going to be a high scoring affair. And looking at the trends in the last couple of um, games from Barnsley, it seems like they're maybe not the, not the fastest starters. So yeah, over one and a half first half goals at six to four. Nice, good stuff. Uh, we're both napping picking naps in the championship this week. So, George, you're going to talk about a team that I saw in the flesh on Tuesday night at Griffin Park. Uh, is it Brentford or is it Birmingham? It's, for once, uh, it's not Brentford. It's, it's Birmingham. Um, a, a couple of, of big price naps recently have gone awry, but that's not why I'm going for a shorty here. It's, um, you know, you've got to look for the value and, and Birmingham are a standout on odds checker um, at 7 to 10 for Birmingham, uh, 1.7 for, for you who like the decimals. Um, it just seems like massive value for me. We spoke early on in the season that you know that, that Birmingham were, were far better than their uh, their bare position in the league table suggested. That has come to fruition now. We've seen them. I mean, they basically struggled to put their chances away. Eight we, draws in their eleven games. It's a remarkable record. But they've now scored in four of their last five games. That they got a, a really good one all draw against West Brom. They obviously went to Ellen Road and won two one. Um, they'd be disappointed about the Ipswich result, but at 2-0 down, still getting those two goals to get the point was a decent effort. And then obviously they were probably the better team at Griffin Park as well in that one-all draw. So we're seeing them definitely trend in the right direction. And uh, this is, again, one of those games where I could see 
Birmingham being a lot shorter than the, the seven to ten they are now in a couple of weeks' time. Now, Rotherham, I, I think that Rotherham have a massive chance of staying up. It's been a fantastic start to the season. They are in the championship on merit, but their away performances have a worrying trend. They've, they've lost to nil against Leeds, Wigan, Villa and Forest um, away from home. They've, they drew nil-nil against Bristol City yesterday, which is whilst a very good result, again, shows a difficulty of scoring goals against the better teams in the league. So um, I am napping uh, here Birmingham to win at 7-10. to 10. Uh, I think that just, as I, as I mentioned, I think that could be closer to the two-on mark in a couple of weeks. I'm also interested as well in the, uh, in the Birmingham to nil market, but I'm napping just Birmingham to win. Here's a nice one for you, Ree Rotherham. They've got 11 points from 11 games, having scored just eight goals. I always think it's, it's quite funny when a team's got more points than goals scored. Um, of those goals, uh, only one from open play. Uh, two penalties and five from set pieces. So clear where their strengths lie and, and clear that if Birmingham can keep them at bay from those set pieces and Richard Wood pull, pulling out of the warm-up in midweek as well. So he'll be a, a doubt for that game, which, uh, which will only boost uh, Birmingham's chances. I was very impressed with them at Griffin Park on Tuesday night. Um, under Gary Monk, they are a team with a purpose. Uh, I think a team that... Uh, Birmingham fans can be proud of actually uh, for the first time in, in, a, in well in certainly in a year or two um, they, they work incredibly hard um, they, they defended fantastically they had a good game plan they exploited um, Barbe down the left hand side through Hotter who was, who was on sparkling form and you know if it wasn't if it wasn't for the red card I don't think they would have won the game, but they did consistently create chances despite having much less of the ball so uh, an impressive performance um, I'm sort of Picking up on that again, and, and it's a battering for bees. Uh, I'm picking Leeds as my nap in the championship. Leeds uh, 11 to 8 or 2.375 in decimals uh, with black type. They're my nap. Uh, I know that bees are the data darlings. Some would, well, some have accused them of being the, the pods darlings as well. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, I think it, it's, it's, um, it's as, as with everything, you need to be constantly reevaluating and constantly um, making sure that you're. That you're not just blindly backing teams and, and we're, we're not going to do that and, and having the betting show definitely helps that uh, they've not been impressive in the last few weeks um, they've not been impressive away from home this season at all just uh, three points three draws and two defeats so far and uh, without Watkins and Ben Rama in midweek they looked a little stuck for ideas against, against Birmingham uh, but also just coming up against this Leeds side uh, who have been far more impressive in the last four weeks they've won the XG count in four of their last five games um, they've looked very, very strong, uh, creating plenty in open play, creating plenty from set pieces, and crucially, their defensive performance leads has been really impressive, restricting teams to very few chances in, in their last few games. So I look at Bees, who looked shaky from set pieces on Tuesday, conceding a, a, a goal from a corner against Birmingham, um, their poor away form, and crucially for me, their midfield. Uh, I'm not sure the way that it's set up at the moment that it will be able to stand up to Leeds' uh, quick vertical passing. Uh, McEachran at the base of midfield, um, you know, lovely ball player, but I don't think he's got the defensive uh, or the athletic sort of attributes to, to keep Leeds at bay. And the murmurings among the Brentford fans that I spoke to on Tuesday night about the away form is um, a lack of pragmatism, really, from, from Dean Smith uh, in setting up that team. Um, basically blindly backing that they'll be playing the same way away from home as they are at home, where they tend to dominate games. And it's not been the case. So, it, you know, whether they have the personnel to tighten up that midfield, whether they 
whether they're so wedded to their style of play that they won't be able to um, adapt on, on and play a more defensive style remains to be seen. But I, I think that Leeds at, at 11 to 8 are, um, are a good bet here. That's my pick from the Championship. And it's also my nap. So uh, Leeds against Brentford, my nap. And Birmingham against Rotherham, your nap to home teams there. Dropping down into League One. George, where are you looking this week? I'm off to the Valley. Um, Coventry fans might be shocked to hear I'm going with the away team as well nice uh, 13 to 5 Coventry I think if you just look at, at Mark Robbins's Coventry over the, over the past couple of seasons um, they are unquestionably a, a, a big game team you're looking at the um, the Checker trade final they won when they got relegated and were, were pretty woeful that season and still managed to pull out a, a great performance in the final you're looking at the playoffs last year as well this season they've got the scalps of um, they went away to Oxford and won two one which obviously most teams are doing these days but at the time it's still a decent result they beat Barnsley um, got a point against Sunderland um, valiant defeat against Portsmouth as well you just feel like they're a team who relish the big occasion who, who don't um, get kind of st- you know stuck in the headlights or whatever they're, they're not they're not a team who who seem to panic uh, especially impressive given how many young players they've got in their team absolutely maybe it's that maybe it's the fearless nature of it I mean we've spoken on the pod before about how I mean I have at least about how I think Charlton may be in a bit of a false position you're looking at their home wins this season against you know a 3-2 win against Wickham who since that game have been on a woeful run of form a 2-1 win against Plymouth who are, who are the team at the bottom of the table um, a 2-1 win against Shrewsbury as well who are in the bottom half even though they should be higher a 0-0 draw against Fleetwood um, it's not particularly good um, I don't think Charlton have really come up against anyone half decent yet at home um, I mentioned that I thought their form would dip since um, we spoke about that they've they've picked up one point from their last two games um, t- despite scoring five goals they've conceded seven in those two games as well both uh, in fairness away from home but I think that to, to value them at a 50% chance they're about, around about the even money mark 11 to 10 they are with Charlton so, uh, sorry with Black Type to have them at a 50% chance to get a win here I think is, is, is wrong I think they're they're at best uh, kind of a, a higher mid-table team at the moment I think Coventry are around about that mark as well and given the the kind of history that this team have got in, in terms of providing upset, uh, upsets against more fancy teams um, I think the 13 to 5 about Cov is a, is a decent crack Nice, like that. I like that a lot. Uh, Plymouth, for me, uh, they are a team, one of only two teams in the EFL not to register a win so far this season themselves. And, of course, Macclesfield down in League Two. So, game 12, I'm going to pick Plymouth to get their first win of the season. They're at home to Wimbledon. Now, I must thank uh, an anonymous Twitter DMer uh, who messaged us uh, after the game on Tuesday night where Plymouth went away to Barnsley and drew 1-1 and said, Plymouth, uh, uh, you should have a look at Plymouth uh, to get their first win on Saturday. Um, they played Barnsley off the park tonight and should be going home with three points. Ruben Lameris, absolute terror on the wing. And if striker Ladapo could finish, they could have been 3-1 up at half time. Well, um, I watched the highlights. I actually cut the highlights last night on the highlights show and he was spot on uh, because... Lameris was an absolute terror on the wing. Twice he played in Ladapo, who missed from all of eight yards out with just the goalkeeper to beat. Um, Ladapo with a real crisis of confidence at the moment, which is a worry. But we always say, don't we, that if they keep creating those chances, then it, you know, it's, it's not a case that he's going to miss every single one of them. So if they can keep creating those chances, um, then, then you know, that will turn at some point. Uh, they played very, very well in that game against Barnsley. Conceded a, a, you know, a rocket from 30 yards from Mowat. And otherwise, you know, very much match them. So I think that at home to Wimbledon, they've got a good chance here. Wimbledon, we've discussed um, fairly negatively in the last few weeks. I know that the fans are 
Um, increasingly disillusioned with performances, if not always results, despite getting that win against Oxford uh, last weekend. As I mentioned earlier, fans saying it felt like a defeat. Such was the, the, the poor performance and they went and lost at home to Bradford, of course, uh, in midweek as well. So I think that um, some, some worries, some fears in terms of Wimbledon's performances. Um, and yeah, my last thing on this one is just a, a note about that Plymouth result against Barnsley. When you're a team that hasn't won uh, all season and, and you're in October, a, a crisis club, I guess, but they don't carry themselves like that. Derek Adams doesn't appear to be losing the plot. The fans don't appear to be completely turned against him or the team. And the players are still clearly putting in, in performances that, that show desire, that show a, um, that they're trying to turn this around and not just waiting for the, for the managerial change. I'm not sure all that can be said uh, for a lot of other teams in this situation whose, whose performances um, just get worse and worse as the results don't improve. So I'm impressed with Plymouth in that sense, even if the results haven't necessarily come. And I'm happy to back them here um, just under 2-1. to one, So 15-8, 2.875 with black type Plymouth, my League 1 pick. So League 2 now, George, before we move into BTTS and Longshot territory. Yeah, I'm going down, uh, down to Somerset. Um, to Hewish Park where uh, Exeter will travel the short journey and I'm back in the away team here Exeter at 13 to 8 um, it's surprising because Yeovil you know you think about it you think they've had a fantastic start to the season you look at their home form they've, they've only won one game out of five at home uh, scoring just the five goals Exeter's away record is, is decent as well um, they've uh, lost just the uh, just the one game away from home that was against MK Dons no shame in that whatsoever um, and they are still performing at a very high level indeed. Um, you know, uh, uh, if you're looking at the teams, they've also played away a really good win away at Mansfield, a, a decent draw at, at Port Vale, who are definitely uh, moving in the right direction as well. Um, so it's a fairly simple one, this for me. If, if Yeovil have conceded three goals in three of their last four games, um, it, it just seems like, like, like a decent value bet. This Yeovil team were, were, were going unbelievably well. Um, just a few weeks ago but you feel like maybe uh, it's regressed to the mean now and I think the next two are playing them at a very good time uh, for both themselves in, in a good run of form and also the oppo who, who are going to be struggling for a bit of confidence Yeah, a couple of injuries I think in that Yeovil squad Yeah, there's loads and loads of injuries uh, Jai Siemi's had to go back to Norwich um, because of a knee injury which is, which is huge because I think he'd been very impressive for them early on and you're looking at Francois Zoko, James Bailey, Stuart Nason uh, Sawumni, McDonald, Santos are all out um, so they're really down to their bare bones here. So it's you know it's of no fault to them that we've seen their form slide. But uh, as I mentioned, I think this is a great time for Exeter to, to capitalise on that. I'm going to pick Oldham here. They're at home to Carlisle. Uh, I'm picking them at 23 to 20, which is 2.15 uh, as a decimal with black type. Uh, this is a um, well, it's a numbers-based bet, but it's really a Mark O'Hare numbers-based bet. Mark O'Hare, who we adore, uh, tweeted out lots of, uh, lots of shot data um, before this week's midweek action. Um, and down at the bottom of a lot of those categories in League 2 were Carlisle. Now, um, their league position wouldn't necessarily suggest this. They started the season very, very well, of course. Um, and after a few games, they, they were up towards the top of League 2. But a really poor uh, bit of form has seen them drop into the bottom half of the table. They have lost consecutive games at home to Grimsby, um, sort of the worst team in the league, really, uh, and Stevenage as well. Um, they beat Berry before that uh, and, and another home defeat against Tranmere before that. So not a great few weeks for Carlisle and uh, they're 24th from open play XG ratio. Um, they're, they're down the bottom of all of those, basically. So, so not projecting very well in the shot data. Oldham, on the other hand, pretty much... Um, in line with their with their position, uh, just sort of flirting with the playoffs. So 
um, a sort of slightly good team at this level. And I think that in, in Surridge, they've, they've clearly got a goal scorer. Uh, they've got some talented players in their squad. I feel like the fans are still yet to be convinced by the manager, Frankie Bunn. Uh, but this is more about, uh, more about Carlisle, more about their uh, weaknesses, their frailties over the last few weeks, that their struggles to score um, from open play and the fact that those set-piece goals that boosted them early in the season have dried up somewhat. So Oldham, home win, 23-20, to 20, uh, 2.15 my pick for League Two. Both teams to score. I'll go first here. Millwall, Aston Villa. Yes. At four to five for me. Um, Villa have seen both teams score in 10 of their 11 games so far. Um, not surprising, really. They have uh, excellent attacking players and an incredible lack of defenders, uh, or good defenders, I should say. Um, and, and even more so this weekend with James Chester suspended after a red card in midweek. Uh, it's looking like it might be James Bree at centre-back. Um, and just saying that, I can imagine Steve Morrison, Tom Elliott, Lee Gregory, Tom Bradshaw, whoever's playing up front with Millwall, uh, for Millwall, licking their lips. Um, but of course, Villa's firepower and, uh, and Millwall's disappointing defensive frailties uh, so far this season um, sees them a, a pretty good chance of scoring of course they'll be well will they be happy after the sacking of Steve Bruce will they, will they be excited to play for perennial caretaker Kev, Kevin McDonald K-Mac uh, that remains to be seen but at 4-5 to five, or 1.8 uh, in the BTTS yes market I'm going for Millwall against Aston Villa here and uh, yeah looking forward to that game uh, immensely seeing how Villa react seeing how they do with a number of fullbacks playing uh, four or five at one time. Um, George, where are you going for this one? Yeah, down to League Two for me. Forest Green against Newport. Two teams who, um, you know, are probably the two most impressive teams in League Two this season based on uh, pre-season uh, predictions. Uh, BTTS, yes, is 17 to 20. Um, Newport's recent games, uh, 3-0, sorry, 4-2 and 3 all. So I don't need to say much more about that. But, um, you know, certainly prolific going forward, but fairly porous at the back. Uh, inventive set pieces obviously a, a key part of their goal scoring strategy and and you know that that's always going to lead to goals uh forest green on the other hand um will continue to 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 score up score uh, create chances seemingly at will and they're starting to put them away as well the 3-1 win midweek against cambridge sees that but they've also um seen btts in in four of the last five games as well so at 17 to 20 i thought this would be uh, closer to kind of the four to six marks so i'm pretty happy to uh, to hang my hat on btts yes 17 to 20 forest green against newport county Two of my favourite players uh, in the last few weeks in League Two, Dale Grubb, Forrest Green on, on brilliant goal-scoring form from midfield, and uh, Dan Butler, the Newport left-back, who, you know, as left-backs go, is more involved with, with that team than almost any in terms, of, uh, in terms of, well, both his defending, but also uh, his delivery from out wide and, and scoring that excellent goal uh, from the edge of the box on the midweek, in the midweek fixtures. Um, on to the long shots now, and... George, you landed your long shot at seven to one last week, so we'll go to you first because you're the man scoring long shots at the moment. Yeah, and it's a similar um, similar selection. It's the same market, but this time I'm going to Crawley against Cambridge. Crawley to win and over three and a half goals at thirteen to two. Um, I think Crawley look a, like a great bet here in just in just the, the win only market. Um, they would have been my selection if it wasn't for the fact that I like this one as well. Um, they are seven and five in that market, but. Cambridge look absolutely woeful. Um, they're a team who I think we, we thought might be okay this season, pre-season. But if you're looking at the rate that they're conceding goals at, uh, a 3-1 defeat to, to Forest Green at home, a 4-2 defeat away at Newport County, a 3-0 defeat away at Colchester, they look completely devoid of confidence. 
Um, Crawley, on the other hand, have, have got a bit of form in terms of putting teams away at home. They won 3-1 at home to Yeovil. Um, uh, they conceded three away at Notts County. Notts County have struggled this season, so maybe evidence that at the back all isn't quite right. Um, you, you know, you're, the reason it's a long shot is because the score lines you're looking at here are ones you don't necessarily see every day. Your three ones, your four nils, your five nils. But I think Crawley will have, will be confident they can put it, stick a few away against Cambridge. Cambridge, on the other hand, seem to have um, no problem really scoring goals in defeat. So um, I like most. Um, Crawley uh, pro Crawley markets in this game but I'm going to go for the Crawley I also like Crawley to win and over two and a half as well um, which I think is around about 11 or four but uh, yeah Crawley and over three and a half at 13 to two is my long shot trying to make it two and two Nice I like that I'm going to the Norwich and Stoke game and this is one of those ones that could look like a piece of absolute genius but might look absolutely horrendous and I suppose that's the very nature of a long shot so I'm actually going to go with Stoke to win this game at Carrow Road and both teams to score so that's at 17 to 4 with black type um, just over 4 to 1 there Um, I think that Stoke are improving Uh, in the last few games I wouldn't say that they are purring into life but I would say that they're at, at least Um, Getting out of neutral, maybe they've touched first, maybe they're flirting with second gear at the moment. Uh, Tom Ince is starting to come to the fore, Benica Fobe uh, consistently getting chances, not always scoring the chances, but consistently having chances created for him. Uh, Bochan is is an interesting um, sort of uh, quirk to this Stoke side, it looks like he might be getting involved more and, and of course... He's one of those players that you, you, you always talk about his potential and what he can do. Um, he hasn't shown many flashes of genius in a Stoke shirt. Whether he's been put in the right scenario, in the right situation for that's a, another question. But it looks like he might be getting more of a chance here. Um, and with Joe Allen freed up a, a bit by the, by the role of Ryan Woods at the base of the Stoke midfield, I think he is also coming into his own a little bit more, Allen, uh, as more of a box-to-box player without the responsibility of having to, to lead the whole game uh, for Stoke. Still very, very poor at the back. I notice they've dropped Shawcross uh, going with Williams and Martins Indy at the moment. It doesn't fill me with confidence, if I'm honest. Um, But I do think that Stoke are getting better and I think that they have a lot of goals in them. Now, Norwich, the reason this could end up looking quite stupid is that Norwich are are perhaps the form team in the championship. They got a a draw away at Derby in midweek. Uh, They've beaten uh, Wigan, QPR, Reading, Middlesbrough in recent weeks. So really are in good form. All very narrow wins and I think generally quite tight games. So certainly not dominating teams, Norwich. Um, And I think that for that reason, um, I, I think it'll be a close game. But I think that Stoke can have the firepower to score here, to score a couple. Um, the young defenders that Norwich have, Max Ahrens, Jamal Lewis, really impressive fullbacks, um, but uh, both very good going forward, both very swift. Um, you, you know, young defenders make more mistakes generally. Uh, young defenders are, are, can be uh, dominated by, uh, by pace, experience, whatever it is, by quality, uh, a bit more perhaps than, than an experienced Fullback, and I think that that's where Stoke can have some joy down the flank. So I'm going with Stoke and BTTS at 17 to 4. Now, um, if you like some of the picks that we've mentioned today, then uh, you should really be signing up to Black Type because they give you a risk free £10 free football bet. If you sign up to a Black Type account using the code NTT20, you don't need to deposit any money, you just need to sign up. Uh, before you register, make sure you use that code NTT20 um, and you'll see a £10 free football bet appear in your bet slip without even having to deposit. So um, even if it's just to, to, to have a go on some of these picks or 
using this pod to, to make you think about some of your own. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed it. Uh, I'll recap the bets, but you can find them all listed on the Black Type website. Uh, if you scroll down the right-hand side, you'll see an NTT20 podcast specials. So you've got them all listed there. But in our match in focus, Peterborough against Barnsley. George fancies over one and a half first half goals, whereas I'm looking at the draw there in Peterborough against Barnsley. Uh, both of our naps came in the championship. George's Birmingham, mine own Leeds United at home to Brentford in League One. George is going for Coventry away at Charlton, and I'm picking Plymouth at home to Wimbledon for their first win of the season. And it's Exeter in League Two for George Oldham at home to Carlisle for me. BTTS, yes in Luton, Scunthorpe and Millwall Villa, respectively. And our long shots, uh, George Crawley to win and over 3.5 in their game this weekend. My long shot, Stoke to beat Norwich with both teams to score. Yes, uh, we hope that you've really enjoyed this podcast. Get involved, please, with Scoreboard this week. You can just tweet us off the back of the podcast if you like, but otherwise we'll put out a, a call to action at some point on Thursday. Uh, you need to pick a nil-nil and a game with over 4.5 goals across the EFL this Saturday. And if you pick them correctly, Black Type will give you a £20 free bet as long as you have an account with them. And thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you listen to this in time, you can catch us on EFL Matters on Sky Sports on Thursday evening, live at 7pm and repeated throughout Friday as well. Um, hope you enjoy that one. And until Monday, that's it from us.